formally be sending out our 11th church plant and commissioning Tom and Helen Murphy to plant a vineyard in Derby, which will be called Doant Valley Vineyard. Uh, a large team from here are also going with them, and we're excited to be able to pray for Tom and Helen and for the team today as they start out on this adventure of church planting. Tom and Helen have been friends of ours for the last 31 years. We met when we were about six years old. And uh, as many of you know, we, Tom and I worked together full-time with homeless youngsters here in Nottingham uh, for about six months. And one of the highlights for me each morning was having a cup of coffee with Tom. His positivity was so uplifting in what could have been described sometimes as a difficult working environment. We reconnected with them as we moved back to Nottingham 10 or 11 years later uh, to plant this church, Trent Vineyard, and within a couple of weeks of this church starting, they joined us and have been an integral part of this family ever since. Over the last 21 years, they've invested their gifts and their passion here. They've pioneered and led some of our most treasured ministries, not least the Arches, which began in a derelict building transformed by teams mobilized by Tom and Helen to play a significant role in the lives of so many in our city, including those of us who have served there. They've led small groups, which have planted many others. And uh, some of these photographs are slightly amusing, I'm guessing. Oh, you've moved on already to the next one. I like that previous one. Can we go back? <laughs> who's, who's that thug on the right? I don't know. It can't have been Tom. They've built great teams. Some of them are on staff people they've developed, some have moved from here to start other churches all over the country. In July last year, Debbie and I had a growing sense that the Lord was calling Tom and Helen to plant a church, probably in Derby. And we didn't mention anything to them, our thoughts about this, but we talked with a few trusted pastor friends about this when we were over in the States, and we began to pray every day that if this sense was from the Lord, that he would speak clearly to them. A couple of weeks later, when we got back from the States, all four of us, we met, and they told us that they believed God was calling them to plant a church, and in Derby. Oh my goodness, we follow a God who speaks. His timing is perfect, and to have said the same thing clearly to all four of us in the same two-week period really was amazing. Now, I cannot pretend that the news was not daunting. Of course it was. Like many of you here, Debbie and I have faced, we do face now, the prospect of Tom and Helen, significant leaders in the life of the church here, uh, not being here. Ouch. That's costly. That's challenging. How would we cope without them, not to mention other members of the church who were going with them? This is hard. So many of you know and love Tom and Helen and others who are going on this church planting team. And as we commission them to go, you feel the loss, the pain of letting go, of the pain, in fact, of giving birth. But we're confident that this move is the Lord's will, and our job is to embrace what he is initiating. When the Lord asks us to give away, to make sacrifices, the only appropriate response is to say, yes. Trying to hold on to Tom and Helen because we don't think Trent could afford to lose them would be futile. 
We know God is always faithful. If we submit to his plans, things will work out. So as we commission them today, there's a mixture of pain in saying goodbye and joy as we release them into what has, God has called them to and as we look forward to seeing all that God is going to do through them in Derby. We will hear from Tom and Helen a little later, but before we do, I just want to talk about this principle, this being open-handed with what God has entrusted to us. As with any resource, whether it's money or people or something else, God's invitation to us is always to be generous. Those of you who heard me speak on this in November will recall that being generous is one of the five hallmarks of this church. It describes the way we do everything we do. And I want to talk right now about four biblical principles which will help frame our thinking on generosity as we give away these precious people and as we invest financially in helping this new church plant get started. Next Sunday, we'll be taking a special offering to help the Derwent Valley Vineyard uh, get underway, get off to a flying start, and I'll talk more about that at the end. But first, let's look at these four principles. First of all, remember what you have received. We see this principle again and again through the scripture. When we read about giving what we have, being generous with what we have, we're also reminded that what we have, we received. For example, the Apostle Paul, one of the founding fathers of the early church, wrote in a letter, uh, one of his letters to the church in Corinth in modern-day Greece, and in his letter, he's asking the church to give a financial gift to help another church which was in financial need. And in the middle of encouraging them to give, he says this. This is 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. It reminds them that what they had, their seed, their bread, was supplied by God. When Jesus was giving instructions to his 12 disciples about how to take what he had entrusted to them, the message, the good news of the kingdom, out to, uh, you know, on the streets, he said this, Matthew 7, or sorry, 10 verse 7. As you go, proclaim this message. And as these guys go, they're proclaiming, they're taking this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you've received, now freely give. The kingdom and all its benefits, the gift of healing, the gift of prayer, the gift of freedom from oppression was given to us by our heavenly Father, free of charge. By any measure, you know, this church, Trent Vineyard, has received a lot. Every good thing this church has, the people, the leaders, the resources, all of it is a gift from God that we have received, has been entrusted to us. Tom and Helen and those who are going with them to Derby came to Trent because God brought them here. We've benefited hugely from the years we've enjoyed with them. And we thank God for all the blessing that they have been in our lives. And we recognize that because he supplied it all, we can trust him to continue to provide as we faithfully steward what he's given us. And so 
we have so freely received, Jesus wants us to freely give away. Remembering what we've received from God sets the framework of our understanding, really, on generosity. The second principle, then, is give from the heart. In the same passage, a little earlier, 2 Corinthians, Paul says this, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Notice that Paul says that when we're deciding what to give, that decision is made in your heart. He's talking about an attitude of heart that accompanies generosity. Are we giving begrudgingly? Are we giving these guys away through gritted teeth? Or are we giving with joy and willingness? The message version puts it this way. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. And here the word Paul uses for cheerful or delight is the Greek word hilaron, from which we get the English word hilarious, full of joy. For those who know Tom and Helen and those who are going with them, we are losing regular relational connection. We are losing here, if you like, their giftings, their experience, their leadership. And it can be difficult to give away cheerfully. And it's important to acknowledge that there is pain in processing the loss. But in spite of this, we need to keep hold of God's invitation to give cheerfully, to open-handedly give away, delighting in the giving, trusting that the Lord loves to bless us. We've been incredibly blessed by being a part of Trent. Let me just ask you to think for a moment, how enriched your life has been because this church exists? Think of your own personal story and imagine Trent Vineyard had never been planted. How has your life been enriched? Now think of all those the Lord will bring to the Derwent Valley Vineyard. People far from God who will find salvation in Jesus Christ. People without hope who will find hope. People in need who will be provided for. People who are spiritually dry who will come alive. We get to be part of establishing a church in Derby, which we anticipate will make a huge impact for the kingdom of God. And whatever size it grows to, we anticipate it touching the lives of thousands. And we will be joined in heaven by loads of people who will only be there because this church is being planted. That, I think, is cause to give cheer cheerfully. That is cause to delight in releasing them. Thirdly, we receive to give again. When Jesus teaches on giving, he doesn't hide the fact that the reward of receiving is one of the incentives to give in the first place. In Luke 6, 38, he says this, give and it'll be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. So when we give, we can be confident that we will also receive. Often it's the case that we actually reap what we sow in kind. Give people away, we'll have gifted people given to us. Give money away, it can be financial blessing, but it's not specifically, you can't hold on to that as a slot machine principle, give money and you'll get money back. But we can be sure that God will bless us as we give in whatever way he chooses. When we give to God and his purposes, he keeps on giving back to us. 
a multiple of what we gave. And the larger the measure we use, the greater the sacrifice, if you like, that we uh, give, the greater the measure we receive back. We can't ever outgive God. And the principle applies to our financial giving, but also to people. It costs us to give Tom and Helen and the team away. But we know that God will provide others to take on leadership and staff roles he already has. He will open up new relationships. We won't lose by letting go of what God asks us to part with. As we give, God gives us more. But not so that we can hold on to that blessing. This isn't the last time we're going to have a moment of sacrifice. Not so that we can hold on to it. Paul explains this again to the Corinthian church. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. We give so that we can receive to give more, you know, again. In the last 15 years, we have planted 10 churches from here. Today is our 11th. And every time we've sent people from here to plant a new church, it has been costly. Those who have gone have left gaps. Sometimes we have wondered how we would cope without them. But every time, the Lord has given us more. People who you know, might not otherwise have emerged have emerged. And we've thought, what a gift this person has been. You know, God has continually enriched Trent as we have given people away. We truly are a blessed church. We've been made rich in every way. And we must always remember the so that part of that verse. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. This is something that John Wimber, the founder of the worldwide vineyard movement of churches, he really grasped, he really modeled so well. It's in our genetic code as a movement. Sandy Miller, who led Holy Trinity Brompton, I guess is the largest church of England in the nation. He led that for 20 years. He wrote this about John Wimber. His generosity of spirit was a model for us. I don't think we'd fully appreciated the concept that what God gives you is to be given away. You get to give, to get, to give, to get, to give, John said. And the last principle I want to look at is this, focus on the fruit of your generosity. So 2 Corinthians 9, 11, again, same passage, he gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. Giving generosity grows into full-formed lives, robust in God. The NIV explains that God will also enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Paul is talking here about having a fruitful life as individuals and as a church. There's a domino effect in giving. When we really learn to give, it releases blessing in lots of other areas of our lives, including our spiritual life. What I think Paul is saying here is that we will personally benefit, personally, individually, and as a church, in our life with God from our decision to be generous with what God has given us. But that's not the only fruit. Our giving will mean that others will give praise and thanks to God. Verse 9 there, producing with us great praise to God. 
When we give God our resources, God can use those for the benefit of his kingdom. And there are people across the country who are now in relationship, indeed across the nations, who are now in relationship with Jesus because we have sent out churches from here. Not to mention the countless people who've been blessed with the various compassion and outward-looking ministries that those churches have started. If we just count up the numbers of people in the churches that we've planted from here, it's approaching the number of people who are part of this church. Thousands of people, including children and youth, who would not be in a vineyard church if we hadn't released people from here to go and plant churches, many of whom would not be in a church at all. Just want to share with you a short snapshot of what is happening in those churches. Most of them took teams, but I'm just going to mention the names of the planting couples. So Life Vineyard in Tyneside was planted by Dave and Nicola Bass 11 years ago. Since then, they've seen 146 people make a commitment to Jesus. Their biker pantry has sold around 10,000 household items and food at reduced price, saving their clients hundreds of pounds a year. Twelve years ago, we released Melton Vineyard, which began as a project still attached to Trent, led by Neil Swetnam and Elinard Owen. They have baptized 44 people. They've given away 10,000 food bags and supported 600 people through their storehouse project. Nine years ago, James and Jen Rankin took a team to Cardiff, and uh, we're delighted to say they will soon be planting their first church, or Trent's first grandchild church, in Falmouth. 34 children and youth have come to faith just in the last year. They've started a Grow Baby project in September, which provides new and secondhand baby clothes and equipment for free. 54 families received help from the project within the first eight weeks. Owen and Claire Lynch planted seven Bristol in Vineyard eight years ago. Just in the last year, over 100 people joined the church. Many are new to faith or returning to faith. They've started a number of projects, including community art group for the elderly and those recovering from addiction, a hospital chaplaincy support team, and a worship evening at a homeless hostel. Mike and Flick Newport planted Bath and Avon Vineyard five years ago. Their Nest project, which provides clothes and equipment to families with young children, has now served 450 families. And the Dairy House, their home for homeless people, has housed 22 people in the last six months. A number of housemates there have joined the church, three of whom were baptized last year. John and Anna Simmons planted Vineyard 53 in Chester four years ago. They have a number of families who have recently connected with them because their young children uh, have encountered Jesus and want their parents to join too. Once a month, they hold a church has left the building event in place of their Sunday service just to reach the city. One highlight was working with staff, locals and residents at a local homeless hostel to renovate their garden and surrounding area. Manchester Vineyard was led by Paul and Steph Lowe, was planted a year and a half ago. They had a thousand people come to their fireworks party in November, and someone who came to their carol service this year said, I've never been to anything like this. Can I come again? Can I join one of those small group things, and can I do Alpha? Over Christmas, they collected Christmas presents for naught to five-year-olds and gave them away through a pop-up shop for those parents who can't afford to buy their own. 
Tim and Hannah Ilsley lead Mansfield Vineyard, which started as a project three years ago and was released in September last year. This year, they've been very active in the community, hosting all sorts of events like uh, hiring out a trampoline park. They've done barbecues, pub quizzes, Easter egg hunts, which has led people coming along to Alpha courses and engaging with the church. Also in September last year, we commissioned Josh and Katie Kay to plant Hope Vineyard in Oxford. And since then, they have been meeting regularly with adults on Fridays and for breakfast with kids on Sundays, along with hosting a number of community events. At Christmas, they gave away hampers of food and treats to families attending their local children's center. Now, I wish I could share every story with you, and of course, that's just scratching the surface of what is happening in and through those churches. There are many, many people whose experience of the generosity of those churches began with the generosity of this church. And it's leading them to give thanks and praise to God. The result of our giving, of any giving to God and his kingdom, is that others who benefit have reason to thank God, or as Paul puts it in the NIV, overflow in many expressions of thanks to God. And those people, they will probably never be able to thank us personally, but their thanks is directed towards God. And I love that flow of the giving cycle. The gifts all come from God, are given back to God. He blesses and gives more in response. And ultimately, he receives the thanks and praise. Next Sunday, we will be taking a special offering We've had a few of these extravagant Sundays over recent years, and next week is one of them. An offering to help the Derwent Valley Vineyard get started. Tom and Helen are moving from two full-time salaries into an unknown financial future, and they're looking for part-time jobs as they focus on planting. And it's likely that it will take considerable time for the new church to provide them with a sustainable income. In recognition of the roles they've played here over the years, but more particularly as an investment into the establishment of the Derwent Valley Vineyard, we'd like to be generous in giving a very substantial gift from Trent. This will provide for some initial setup costs, with the majority supplementing whatever other income they might earn to enable them to focus on the church plant for the next couple of years without any financial pressure. Now, rather than just writing large checks from Trent's set-apart fund, we believe it's a very powerful thing for each of us as individuals here at Trent to take part in this, to invest in this church plan. And so I'm inviting you to join Debbie and me next week in giving really generously on top of your regular giving to this next Sunday. If you won't be here, the details will be on the website. You'll be able to give online through that route. From the seed which God has provided for us, let's generously sow into what we believe will be a wonderful church, which will have a huge impact for God's kingdom in Derby and the surrounding area, uh, which in due course, we trust, will plant other churches across this nation and maybe, maybe even beyond. Would you please welcome Tom and Helen.
You know, we have so many fond memories um, that have come as a result of us being part of Trent Vineyard over the last 21 years. We've grown, we've developed, we've raised our four daughters here, and it's amazing to think that our youngest was just a few weeks old, 21 years ago, and now they've all grown up and left home. You know, we've got grandchildren, we've celebrated a lovely wedding here. We just have so many fond memories. Um, and we've seen in that time, Jesus impact lives in so many ways. You know, and that would not have happened if it hadn't have been for Trent. Through small groups, compassion ministries, through Trent kids and Trent youth, through discipleship years, leadership development years, um, and of course here on a Sunday, one of my highlights is I've enjoyed praying for people at the end of services. It's been such um, just a wonderful experience. We've got so many great relationships that have been as a result of being part of this church. It came as a big shock to me personally um, in July when God started to speak and speak so clearly. Um, and partly because I just thought, I thought I'd missed the chance or I thought we'd missed the chance. But as we uh, were given that green light by God to dream again, we got so excited. And, and here we are today, about to set off on this adventure. It, it has just been an incredible experience with God so clearly clarifying um, and confirming the call that we have. And um, I just want to say that I've really appreciated and valued the love and support that so many of you have given us over the years, but also particularly over this last four months or so. And there's just too many names to mention personally, but it, is, it has been a, a genuine thrill to experience that. Yeah, I never thought we'd be standing up having to say these things um, as we are this morning. So, yeah, as Tom says, Trent really has been a place where we've grown up we've developed and thrived and uh, I look back to those early days and just so grateful that John and Debbie saw potential in us that we really didn't see in ourselves and kind of took a big risk really on um, investing in us and developing us and allowing us to be such a key part of establishing so much in this church. You know over the past year as many of you know there was this restlessness that began to grow in both of us and we really did begin to wonder, you know, is our time come that we've, we've served and done what was asked of us here at Trent? And like Tom said, it was kind of a, quite a shocking thought to think about. You know, very daunting. I mean, why would you leave this church? It's amazing. You know, and for us, it's been such a safe place. We've felt secure and so settled. But we knew we had to take fear off the table. And we had to start thinking out of the box. And uh, thankfully, we're both pioneers. So actually, once we kind of let the lid off, it was kind of quite easy to start dreaming and imagining what it is that um, kind of God had put in our heart. And jointly, we did both become really excited about the thought of starting our own church community. And we asked God to speak. And if I ever had any doubt that God speaks today, that completely has gone because he did speak you know he has spoken and he continues to which is um, such an encouragement and actually what we've needed um, so much particularly over these last few months you know so often and I, I guess many of you will will um, agree with this that when God asks us to do something you know big or small 
is often we're as much the project as the project. And we have had some incredible highs and excitement over these last few months, no doubt. That, you know, even at our life stage, you know, being in our 50s, some at the end, more end, um, you know, <laughs> that actually God has given us um, another adventure ahead of us. But I have to be honest, it's been a huge emotional journey of letting go as well. Of things that over the years have brought such security and contentment and made us feel um, kind of safe and so fulfilled. But also, as I've been kind of processing these things, these are the things that could have held us back um, from stepping out and stepping forward into what God has got for us. It has been painful to surrender all over again. You know, we did this stuff in our 20s, but somehow it kind of that was part of the life stage. But this has felt much harder and a much um, bigger cost and a bigger call for us. You know, to let go of things like, you know, you don't realize become um, very attached to, if you like, you know, position, status, reputation, long-term financial security, our home, our family home of 21 years, people here, you know, our staff teams, the routine and areas of, of responsibility. And it's been having to kind of just prize those things away and just throw ourselves on God in a completely new uh, level of surrender and trust. And yet, as I've done that, as we've done that, there's also this sense of like, when you let everything go that you think is really important, there's a freedom that comes with that. And just a new sense of his presence and complete dependency that is also life-giving, despite you know, being quite terrifying at times. When I drove through Derby, back in the summer actually, as we'd come back from the States, and I was driving through Derby and there was a bridge and it said Regeneration Derby. And there's that in the natural, so much is happening there, building houses and new businesses and schools and all kinds of things. But I remember just feeling like God say, this is about spiritual regeneration. It's time, spiritual regeneration in Derby. And, you know, if I'm honest, I look at some of the other church websites and they've got these amazing vision statements of what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And I've like, I'm trying to like, how do we articulate what God has put in our hearts and put it on paper in exact words? And we've not fully been able to do that. But other than, you know, a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, we were just praying like, Lord, what is it? What is it you've put in our hearts and how do we express that and communicate that? And I remember I was, as I was praying that, you know, I looked at the verse for the day that morning and it was Micah 6 verse 8 which said this, the Lord has shown you what is good. He has told you what he requires of you. You must act with justice, you must love to show mercy, and you must be humble as you live in the sight of your God. And this was an encouragement to me because I'd had a, life, a midlife crisis tattoo. And it was those verses, you know? So I kind of felt like that was a real sign to act just, just to love mercy and walk humbly. And in simple terms, all we want to do, the thing that God has put in our hearts, we want to love people, the people of Derby and Derbyshire. We absolutely want to prioritize the poor and marginalized, the broken, the lost. We want to demonstrate in every way possible God's love. And whether that's as individuals in our workplaces, in our communities, our homes, as a church, we are more aware than ever that we don't have all the answers. We have more questions. So as a community, we want to learn together, grow together, what it means to walk humbly as followers of Jesus and become disciples. You know, being a Christian, following Jesus isn't easy. And we want to, as a community, learn how to do that well. One of the most encouraging things I've uh, experienced over the last four months has been 
um, watching God gather a team. And as our team has been growing, um, just to be engaging with people as they're trying to work out, is the Lord calling us? Is he speaking to us? Uh, and a number of people over the last six months or year or even more for some have just started to feel unsettled, even though they didn't know why. And, and then suddenly it all started to make sense. And so to have that um, has been such a privilege because of that sense of God isn't just speaking to us. He's been speaking to a number of us, which is thrilling. Uh, yeah, that's the other interesting and incredible thing. There's been a, quite a number of people not from Trent. Some of them are here today, and um, God's been speaking to them, and they've been sort of it, had it on their heart to come and join us and go on this journey. So it's fascinating what the Lord's been doing. And it has been such a privilege for Helen and I um, to just start to lead that group of people. As you can imagine, there's lots of practical things have need needed to be done over the last few months um, and it's not ever been a great strength of mine to get anything practically done <laughs> organized and so I'm on a whole new learning curve here but I can say um, I am thrilled that so much is in place you know we, we are a registered charity there are trustees in place you know, the bank account has is all the checks have been done we're just awaiting the arrival of the numbers now the venue um, we've got we've confirmed for our initial gatherings um, Helen has been creating flyers a variety of types it's been really interesting to see this new artistic uh, element and the calendars that Helen's created with lots of different colored dots that probably have a meaning um, <laughs> And, um, and I've been finding those dots all over the house. It's so interesting. It's been such a fun time. Um, but our future, God's really put on our heart, is for Derby and Derbyshire. And, and that is something that we're thrilled. We're following Jesus as we go in, obediently embrace the call to plant this church you know, we have our first vision and values evening this Thursday. We're training our life group leaders, our version of small groups. We've got Sunday brunches planned, alpha planned, discover life groups, and, and so much more. Um, and that, that is fascinating. And we would really value your prayer support as we tr continue to sell our house, to buy and move into uh, a new home. That in itself, you know, we, we just, we're so ready. We're just waiting for the Lord to release us into that. And also, it's on our heart. We'd really value your support as we help um, people who are joining us to get established. A number of people are selling up and moving. And for those that are already there, just for them to connect to us and, and get connected um, to what the Lord's doing with us. And... and as John mentioned, we're just trying to explore what are the appropriate part-time jobs that, you know, I think uh, Helen is more sort of, um, more transferable skills maybe than I. <laughs> but there has been an exciting development that I do want to mention to you. Again, something we'd love your prayer support in. There has become an, an opportunity to restore an old uh, Methodist chapel that was... Um, was developed in 1889 and in, in June of last year they closed it down 
it's a, a bit of a, um, there's a lot of work needs to be done on it, but for us, it's an exciting opportunity to have a base where we could develop compassion ministries and we could have a place for us as a team to grow and develop because we do seem to be quite a large team at the moment. And it, the, the thing that's really thrilling is that in the summer, that was one of the things that Helen had a, a vision for, that you know, if we got to do a church plant, it'd be great to have uh, a derelict building uh, to restore. And that looks like it's coming to fruition. But it's on our heart to really serve the city, f um, whether it's from our home, our homes, or that place. Uh, yeah, and just mentioned, I had a dream. This is great, I'm going off piste and Helen's given me permission. <laughs> I did have a dream recently, um, because I've been agonizing, is this venue the right venue for us to put energy into? Um, and I just had this dream of, we were in, in the venue, in the Methodist chapel, just in the back hall, and we were praying, and the Holy Spirit just came in power. And I just had this image of God just flicking people's legs from under them, and people were going down in the Spirit all over the place. And there was this wonderful sense of God's presence. So, and, and the other thing just to mention, we, we had a, a word of prophecy that we know it's the right building because there'd be a, a circular window with a cross in it. And right above the front door of this Methodist chapel, there's a circular window with a cross in it. So again, we're just, we're just stepping out, exploring and trusting the Lord. Um, obviously, you weigh up these things, but we're excited. So we are coming to close, honestly. Um, so just to say, really, finally, thank you. Thank you for being an incredible church, an incredible family for us, community. Um, I don't think it'll fully hit us how much we're going to miss you all and all that uh, goes on here until we've probably um, actually got on and moved and then stopped for five minutes to think about it. But we're just so grateful to God. And, uh, yeah, so thank you, all of you. That's it, really. Amen. If I could invite the two of you then to come stand here, we're going to read your charge. 2,000 years ago, as the early church began, we have the book of Acts in the Bible, and this is what it says in Acts chapter 13, verse 2. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. It's clear to Tom and Helen and it's clear to us that the Holy Spirit is the one who has ordained that you should be sent out to plant this church. Much prayer has gone into this decision and we know that this is God's idea and it's our job to recognize that and to lay our hands on you and send you with our blessing. Tom and Helen, we have seen the way the Lord has led you as you've spent these many years here at Trent. We've seen your dedication to serving the Lord as you have taken part in so many of areas of church life as volunteers initially and then as staff members. And we here have been the recipients of great blessing because of the tireless efforts that you have invested here. We recognize that the Lord has called you to move on and we wish you every blessing as you take this step of obedience and faith. And we commission you to go to Derby, to the people God has intentions for you to minister to. Go in the knowledge that what God has called you to, he will be faithful in enabling to happen. His love for the people of Derby and the Derwent Valley far exceeds yours. 
And I believe he's well pleased with you both for your willingness to go. In Matthew 28, Jesus' parting words to the beginning of the church there, he said this to his followers, Go into all the world and make disciples. Go to every people group, every place that I lead you. Go to the particular people I've called you to, to make disciples. Preach the gospel, not just with words, but with every action, every conversation, every waking moment. Be ambassadors for Christ Jesus. He goes on, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. Whether those who come to you are already believers or backslidden believers or unbelievers, the task is the same, to teach them to obey all that Jesus commanded his disciples to do. Equip the saints for service. Release people to use their gifts for the extending of God's kingdom. Lead them as under-shepherds of your portion of the flock of God, always mindful of the incredible privilege entrusted to you, the flock he purchased with his own blood. And Jesus finished then, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The great thing about what you're doing in going to plant and to lead this new church is that it is his mission that you're participating in. As you come in submission to his mission, he gives you a commission. He is about his work, and we get to join in. As long as we're doing what he calls us to do, we can rest in the assurance that he is with us in it every step of the way, as challenging as it may be. As David, the king, said to his son Solomon, as he commissioned him to begin the daunting task of building the first temple, we can parallel his words here as you go to build this church. He said this, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God is with you. He will not forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. There will be challenging times ahead, but never forget this from 1 Thessalonians 5.24. Paul writes this, The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. If I can invite anyone going with them to come up, we'd love to lay hands on all of you. So please come out of wherever you're at. And also, if I could invite those members of the senior leadership team here who are present. I know not everybody's here today. If you would like to come up, please, we're going to pray over this bunch. So if you're on the team, if you face the people so they can see you. I think our best bet is we won't have anyone pray for them yet, but when we all finish praying, we'll just, this will turn into a big scrum, okay, and you'll be able to come up and lay hands on them. So let's pray from where we're at. Do reach out a hand towards got, them as we bless them. Have we got some of our leaders coming up to lay hands on them physically? I was just thinking, would that not be a bit of too much? Well, I think if we have a few leaders okay. coming on, come if you're a She's leader, right. then I let's go with her idea. It's better than mine. Come, so, come on out and, if you and, would and like and to pray for them. them, come and lay hands yeah. on them. And if too many are coming, then some of you will have to hold back. But initially, just pour up. Yeah, and come <laughs> and behind we'll go, them as well. Yeah. So, if you want to take a step forward, yeah. that will enable people to come behind you. Yeah. 
and all of you. Yeah, here. we probably need a few more of our leaders as you yeah, step yeah, forward great, a couple of places. That's so Any more from this side? Get folks Wonderful. Lord, I just um, want to thank you so much for that that has been before. Um, whilst we are sending them out to what lies ahead, I want to rejoice and celebrate what you have done through Tom and Helen, what you did in bringing them to us and how you have used their gifts, how you have used them as friends to us, friends to many of you here, their relational capacity to love and create community. Lord, I just want to celebrate and thank you for the people that they've invested in, for those who are lonely that have found friendships, for those who have been in need that have found provision, for those who have needed to find you, who have found you through their ministries, for the people that they've invested in who have grown as leaders in this church to take their place um, in different areas of ministry, those who have joined us as a staff, Lord, those who have been sent out from here to plant churches or to uh, reach others in other nations across the world, Lord, I just thank you for their compassion and their willingness to go the extra mile in their service. And Lord, in all of these things, may they reproduce themselves through every one of those who are joining them here today and those who will join in the future. May you multiply their gifts through others as they raise up others, as they reach out in Derwent Valley. May you um, create incredible fruitfulness and may the Derwent Valley vineyard be blessed and established a light in that community in jesus name i'm going to pass the microphone around to some of our others on the team yeah just like you're uh, regenerating that city and the city is equipping that to do that i just pray for um, this church that you would lord have equip equipping them with people and resources and everything to do all the work they're doing so guide their steps give them tr um, yeah that their trust is in you their strength is in you and their joy and excitement of this whole journey lord we just thank you for tom and helen and for all the folks down here who are accompanying them on this, on this adventure, thank you for the way that they've invested in us, taught us so much. Um, and Lord, we bless them as they go. And, and, and Helen, as you shared about spiritual regeneration, I just saw a picture in my mind of, of the Derwent um, just winding through the valley there. And um, I, I felt prompted to pray for um, a, a flood of spiritual re regeneration lord we pray that you would burst the banks of that river and that your your nature would spill out into the floodplain we pray for we pray for for mercy and compassion and justice to to flow like a river and lord we pray that um Derwent valley vineyard would be um a catalyst in instigating that process i pray that you would use these folks down here um to to just flood that valley with your kingdom Lord, I really thank you for Tom and Helen, everything that they've given and done and the way they've served at Trent and been significant leaders. And selfishly, I don't want them to go. Um, but I know that your kingdom is, is a big kingdom and you've called them into this adventure. So we do pray that you excite their hearts and all, everybody that's going with them, Lord, we pray that you excite their hearts too. And that they will be significant and a huge blessing to Derby. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for this team for being up for taking the risk for going. And Lord, we pray that you would 
just provide for every single one of them where houses are needed to be sold and bought and renting and jobs and childcare places. Lord, we pray that you would just supernaturally provide for each one of them. And I pray that every single one of these guys, that their relationship with you, Lord, through this process would be deeper and deeper. Holy Spirit, that you'd pour out your spirit upon them, that they would be a church that's um, known for seeing you do amazing things, God. Let it be you. So we pray protection over Tom and Helen, over your relationship with Jesus, of your marriage, of your family, and for all of these guys, that they would want to be seeking you more and more. Thank you, Jesus.